All right. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us today for another episode of In the Valley, Strengthening the Team. For those who are joining us for the first time, the goal of these quarterly sessions is to showcase our employees, highlight the diversity of our team, and foster inclusiveness throughout our division. I really appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, we're almost to about, we're almost to 400 stations uh, tuned in, so that is awesome. I appreciate you taking the time this morning to join us. So I'm Major General Diana Holland, Commander of the Mississippi Valley Division, and I'll be monitor, moder, moderating today's discussion on the topic of our newest federal holiday, Juneteenth National Independence Day. On the panel with me are Colonel Kevin Gollinghorst, the St. Louis District Commander, who will talk about what Juneteenth means to his organization. Uh, next will be is Dr. Kevin Abraham with the Engineering Research and Development Center, or otherwise known as ERDIC, who helped spearhead the first Juneteenth celebration in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And our third panelist is Ms. Renee Rowland from the Southwestern Division, who is the granddaughter-in-law of Opal Lee, the grandmother of Juneteenth. Opal Lee is a lifelong advocate for Juneteenth and for it to become a federal holiday. She was present and on site when the president signed the bill last year enacting this dream. Additionally, Renee informs us that Ms. Lee has been nominated for a Nobel Prize, which is great news. You're gonna hear more about this amazing American from Renee during this discussion. I also wanna draw your attention to the screen and introduce Danae Smith, our sign language interpreter. Thank you, Danae, for supporting these events. You bring an important capability in communicating with our region. Before we begin with specific questions on Juneteenth, I'd like for our panel members to tell us a few things about themselves. We'll start with Kevin Gollinghorst, then go to Kevin Abraham, and then to Renee Rowland. So go over to you, Kevin G. All right, well, thank you, ma'am. And it's so good to be here uh, with you and this uh, great panel. And um, uh, just a little bit about myself, I grew up about four hours north of St. Louis, where we're living and working today uh, in Iowa, small town, farm area, and uh, been serving the Army in, for 26 years, uh, serving the nation, and uh, just really honored to be here as part of the USACE team, part of the MBD, uh, for the last two years to command of the St. Louis District. And so, again, want to uh, give a quick update, ma'am. I think we're up to 440 participants. Uh, it's really amazing to see and glad to see the participation uh, today and with other In the Valley events. And I look forward to uh, the session this morning, ma'am. Thank you. Yep. Go ahead, Dr. Abraham. Uh, thank you. Well, well, again, good morning. Uh, first of all, I would like to acknowledge our uh, the staff of the Mississippi Valley oh, I'm about to walk over. and the planning committee for hosting this uh, panel discussion on Juneteenth. Again, my name is Kevin Abraham. I'm a native of a small town in northwestern Louisiana near Shreveport called Logansport. Uh, I'm a graduate of Southern University in Baton Rouge, Mississippi State University, and LSU. I'm a 37-year employee all with the Engineer Research and Development Center Information Technology Laboratory. I am a research civil engineer and I've been fortunate to work on both civil works and military engineering uh, projects. Now, with respect to Juneteenth, it has always been an, an important holiday for me. My hometown is a border town with Texas and Texas was the first state to make Juneteenth a state holiday in 1979, and thus I basically grew up celebrating and commemorating uh, Juneteenth. I do want to share one fond memory on Juneteenth. When I was a youngster at a Juneteenth festival, I was lucky enough to catch the greasy pig, and, and I won $50, and, and that helped me uh, finance my trip to the state fair. But again, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thank you, sir. I just wanted to also note that in the chat, uh, 
you, there's some folks that recognize uh, Logansport and they are commenting uh, where they're from, which must be nearby, including Minden and Leesville yeah. and places like that. So it sounds like you've got a lot of friends out there. Yeah, All right, th thank you, sir. All right, over to you, Renee. Good morning. I am Renee Rowland. I am the OM account manager for Southwestern Division here in Dallas, Texas. Um, I moved here in 2012 um, after a short term in Afghanistan. Um, I met my husband here in 2015. And on 2018, we were married. I met um, him in June of 2015. And we, he invited me to a Juneteenth celebration that his grandmother was having. At that time, I said no, because I had no idea what Juneteenth was. I was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, but later moved to Florida um, in my later years. So of course, I, I had no idea. Um, fast forward to 2017, when Dr. Lee asked my husband to be the chairman of the 2017 Juneteenth Parade. We accepted. It was very successful and Opal Lee was very excited. Um, today, I am here having an ex after having an extensive conversation with Dr. Lee um, on these topics. I can, um, I hope I can, ha I can do justice to some of her passions on this topic. Thank you. Renee, if you could uh, take a moment and just describe that photo that's right behind you. I think everybody is wondering. I know you were going to explain it later, but probably now is a good time. So the lady in the white um, over my right shoulder right here is Opal Lee. That's my husband's grandmother. Um, over the past 40 years, she has been celebrating Juneteenth um, here in Fort Worth, Texas. And she advocated for years to get Juneteenth a, um, a federal holiday. So on this date, um, on June 17, 2021, she was overly excited to be um, invited to the White House and watch President Biden sign into law the holiday, which is now called Juneteenth. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, really uh, thrilled for her that she got to realize that dream and be present for such a momentous occasion. Well, thank you panelists for your introductory remarks. Again, I'm really excited to have all three of you on. I think this is gonna be a great conversation. And so I'm gonna begin with some specific questions. And for our audience, uh, you know, we are paying attention to the chat. And as we have time, if we have time at the end, uh, we'll be, we'll attempt to integrate some of your questions uh, into the conversation. Uh, if we are not able to get to the questions in the chat, then we will uh, collect uh, the answers from the panel and then send them out. So uh, just be aware of that, that we are monitoring the chat. So Renee, I'd like to start with you. Uh, to help us set the stage, can you share the historical context of Juneteenth why is the new holiday called Juneteenth, and what is the significance of this holiday? And maybe how long has it been celebrated in the United States? Um, of course. So January the 1st, 1863, President um, Abraham Lincoln issued an Emancipation Proclamation, which stated all persons held as slaves within the rebellious areas are and henceforth shall be free. The proclamation announced the, the acceptance of black men into the United Union Army and Navy. However, the slaves in Texas were not aware they were free. Enforcement of the proclamation generally relied upon the advance of Union troops. Texas, as the most remote state, of the former Confederacy had seen an expansion of slavery and had a low presence of Union troops as the American Civil War ended, thus enforcing here 
enforcement here had um, been slow and inconsistent. On June 19th, 1865, announcement came um, in the, in the, as a general order number three by Union Army General Gordon Granger, proclaiming freedom for en enslaved people in Texas, which was the last state of, of the Confederacy with institutional slavery. I'm sorry, General Granger came to Galveston with 7,000 colored troops from New York and New Jersey proclaiming freedom for enslaved people in Texas. He nailed the order to the door of the Reedy Chapel African Methodist Episcopal Church. Someone read it to the congregation after they came in from their labor and they started celebrating. And according to Dr. Lee, we've been celebrating ever since. Um, uh, the um, celebration of Juneteenth is named Juneteenth because of the month of June and the 19th. So they named it Juneteenth. Um, according to Dr. Lee, Juneteenth is as important as Dr. King Day. It's as important as Christmas. They need, uh, we need to know our heritage. If you don't know it, then we're doomed to make um, some of the same mistakes. And we have been celebrating every since June 19th, 1865. Over. Thank you, Renee. That's a great introduction to get us started. Uh, history does matter. It is important that we know our history and we reflect on it uh, frequently. So again, thank you for that, that intro to Juneteenth. So the next question is also for you, Renee, as well as Kevin Abraham. Uh, what does the recognition of Juneteenth as a federal holiday mean to you, your family, and community? Um. I'm sorry, for me, uh, according to Dr. Lee, Juneteenth is a glimmer of light into freedom. Juneteenth is a freedom mechanism and we will feel, and we feel like although we are advocating for it to be celebrated from June uh, 19th until 4th of July, there are still disparities and we need to address them. We can't rest on our laurels because we have a Juneteenth federal holiday and everyone can celebrate it. We have to be aware and our education system is not giving the youth people the truth. We don't care how bad it is. They need to know about it and be sure it doesn't happen again. And it could happen again. There are so many things that need to be addressed too attended to, I'm sorry, because we are not free yet. We are not free as long as it is homelessness and joblessness and health care that some of us can get and others can't. There's climate change we need to address. These are things that to be addressed. So we look at Juneteenth as freedom to address these disparities. Over. Hey, Kevin, I, I can't hear you. I believe you're muted. Okay, sir, still can't hear you. I'm gonna go ahead and go to the next question and, and uh, we will return as soon as we can, we got you again. Okay, so for the next question, and, and this is gonna go to all three panelists, uh, what do you believe are the biggest challenges we still face in our society related to racial justice and how can we help each other to understand, respect, and aim for a more equitable society? 
And I would also invite you to weave in the impact of George Floyd's death in May of 2020 as you feel appropriate. So first I'm gonna to go to, to Kevin Gallinghorst from St. Louis District. Thank you, ma'am. And um, yeah, I, I really I hope that uh, Dr. Kevin A. Uh, Abraham can get his uh, audio back working. I'm sure he will. But I really uh, wanted to highlight uh, and also um, for Ms. Renee, you know, really learning from you and uh, you know, sharing um, the background that you have, uh, I think shows how far we've come, but that we can't take that for granted. And so, ma'am, I think, you know, the challenges that we face are real, uh, like were highlighted. Um, I think we need to focus on making sure there are opportunities for all. Uh, and then, you know, that we all as American citizens uh, keep open minds and uh, and we would listen and, um, and we, you know, have empathy and we learn from one another and then so that we can continue that progress uh, to a better state and better nation uh, that we have. And so I, I think that's the key thing is, is to make sure opportunities are available for all and that each of us keep open minds uh, to where we're at. Uh, I like how you mentioned history matters and it does. And um, one other note, ma'am, I think you kind of saw is all three of us have different backgrounds and different understandings and experiences with Juneteenth. And so as it became a national holiday last year, there may be many more that are just learning about it. And, and so I think we have an opportunity to build upon our understanding and working together uh, to overcome these challenges. And I'm, I'm confident that we can continue to provide opportunities for folks if, if others, if all of us keep an open mind. So, man, those are my initial thoughts. And I, again, look forward to hearing um, to the other panelists as well. All right. Hey, great answer, Kevin. Um, I think Dr. Abraham, we're still, we still can't hear you. So I'm gonna go ahead and go to uh, Renee. Oh, okay. We can hear you. I have All both right. Is it echoing? It is a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and go to Renee and then we'll come back to you. So Renee, again, the question, you know, what are the biggest challenges we still face in our society related to racial justice? How can we help each other to understand and aim for a more equitable society? And then if any thoughts you'd like to share about uh, George Floyd's death in 2020, over. Again, we, um, this is an answer from Dr. Lee. Um, her answer is, I advocate that each of us should be responsible for another of us. We are a brother's keeper. And so we know people who are not on the same page we are, and we need to change their minds. Their minds can be changed, but it will take time. It will not happen in a day, two days, or a week. But you have to work at it. If people are on the same page, then the George Floyd incident won't happen. The Bible tells us we are our brother's keeper. The Bible speaks of love, not hate. And if you can teach a person to hate, you can teach a person to love. So I feel it is left entirely up to us to make this happen. We can't wait on the government, the city officials, nor Washington to do this for us. We have to do it for ourselves. It doesn't take a big something to happen. It's just small things. Just think. If you smile at someone, somebody today, or help an old person across the street, or into the pews at church, or watch the, uh, watch the kids for a mother who needs to run an errand, those things add up. And when they are done across color lines, you can't imagine how grateful and how thankful the recipients are. Over. Thanks, Renee. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, a, it's amazing. I think we underestimate the power of individual actions and the difference each and every one of us can make um, for a better world. Uh, Dr. Abraham, I don't know if, if we've got you yet. Um, might need can to just- Can you hear me, ma'am? Yeah, yes, can hear you. Um, would you like me to repeat the question or do you think you can, yeah. you can go with it? If you would, please uh, repeat the question for me. Okay, no problem. So what do you believe are the biggest challenges we still face in our society related to racial justice and how can we help each other to understand, respect, and aim for a more equitable society? And then, and 
if you, um, any thoughts you have on George Floyd's death in May of 2020, uh, what that, the significance of that and how that's related, uh, any of those uh, thought, things that you'd like to share, over. Thank you. Well, ma'am, I, I believe that the acknowledgement and acceptance that all people are created equal and there is no superior or inferior race is paramount. Uh, additionally, I think we need uh, to emphasize that our justice system needs to be colorblind and, and render justice ac across the board. I'm becoming more optimistic in wake of the George Floyd uh, case because I, I feel that justice was served, but I know we, we still have a lot much more work to do. I do also believe that racism is a taught behavior and we must re-educate ourselves to the point that we all should recognize that we are a part of one family, which is the human family. And as we uh, re-educate ourselves about each other, I believe we'll discover that we have more in common uh, than uh, any differences that we may have over. All right, thank you, sir. So thank you all for those insights. Uh, for the next question, this is gonna go to uh, back to Dr. Abraham and, and then Colonel Gollinghorst. How have Erdick and the St. Louis District tried to educate others about the importance of Juneteenth? Starting with you, doctor. I, I keep putting myself on mute. <laughs> Uh, but here at Erdick, over the past years, there have actually been several Juneteenth festivals hosted by uh, various organizations that were held on our campus. Also, our public affairs office sent out an informational slide presentation related to holidays and historical events, uh, which include Juneteenth. Uh, additionally, our di director sent out a letter of acknowledgement encouraging the workforce to support uh, Juneteenth-related activities. And, and as a point of information, there will be a citywide Juneteenth Festival held here in Vicksburg at the Halls Ferry Park on June the 18th, beginning at 10 a.m., and everyone is invited. Over. All right, thank you, sir. Kevin Gollinghorst. Yes, ma'am. And I would say, uh, you know, each district, you know, the six within the Massachusetts Division and then those across the, the core are each going to approach it a little differently. Part of it based off of uh, the leaders involved, the employees, and we always want to encourage initiative. And so one thing I'll, I'll just focus on uh, something we've seen growing within the St. Louis district is a use of Microsoft Teams as a way to inform and educate, uh, but also for folks to be able to ask questions and then add their own context uh, to information that's shared. And so uh, while we're you know, still leading up to Juneteenth, I liked the suggestion that uh, you know, it can be, it's a national holiday, it's a day off for folks to take time with their families and the community and, and to reflect on it. But I like the suggestion that from Juneteenth on to the 4th of July may be a time to also continue to educate uh, during that time frame, and really you know, through the rest of the year at any time. So I, I just think uh, our focus is on We'll send out an email uh, again to try to help communicate to the whole workforce. But my challenge will be to our supervisors and leaders or any employee to ask questions uh, and, and, and learn with each other. And what, what was your knowledge of the national holiday uh, you know, by state and, and as it became a national holiday? And I think, man, what we're going to see each year, we're going to continue to, uh, to, to be better informed and better understand the importance of it. And uh, it's going to help our, our workforce and, and our societies, and we could be a positive effect on in our communities and societies as well. So, now I think it's it is very important. And we're excited about uh, continuing to learn together. So that's our approach here in St. Louis. All right, awesome perspective, Kevin. Thanks. So appreciate both of you uh, sharing uh, what's going on in your communities. The next question will go to all three panelists again. But how can leaders and supervisors, so going back to something you said, uh, Colonel Gollinghorst, how can leaders and supervisors expand upon Juneteenth and be better allies and advocates for their workforce and others throughout the year? 
And so, uh, Colonel Dollinghorse, I'm going to go back to you first and then follow with Dr. Abraham and Renee. All right, thanks, ma'am. And one thing I didn't uh, highlight, uh, uh, like was mentioned down in Vicksburg, here in St. Louis, there are a lot of community events. And so, I think I'd tie back to you know, what can we do is we can inform and encourage and then personally decide to participate in events. Um, and I, I would, one other context that I would share is that, you know, we just had um, Memorial Day. Um, this Juneteenth is on Father's Day. Uh, and then leading into the uh, Independence Day, Fourth uh, of July timeframe. I mean, these are all great and important things. So, and I also know that our workforce and our leaders are busy. Uh, so, you know, I know that they will take the measured time, you know, figure out how to and in ways that are uh, appropriate for, you know, their team, their workforce. Uh, so doing nothing is a is a not an option, right? Uh, I also know that uh, the workforce is busy, and so taking the appropriate time uh, to ask questions again, and then to be open-minded and listen and learn is what we're, we're really looking for. And so, all right, thank you, Dr. Abraham. Over to you. Uh, yes, ma'am. First of all, I think the leadership should become knowledgeable of the holiday. So that they can help promote the holiday, and and as the colonel mentioned, to uh, actively uh, promote the importance of the holiday. And secondarily, uh, our leadership needs to continue to encourage the workforce to uh, participate uh, in all cultural activities, which include Juneteenth, because again, we're one big family, and the more we know about each other, uh, I believe, the better we are as a society. And the leadership can stress uh, the goal of employee uh, participation in any cultural activity is to foster a better workplace as well as a social relationship among the workforce. Over. All right, well said. Thank you, sir. Renee, your thoughts. Ma'am, both of those were so um, very good um, suggestions and and only thing I can do is just kind of piggyback off of Dr. Abraham. Um, well, for both of them really, but as far as our leaders, I think if we get together and we can have more like team building. Um, and when you learn team, when you have team building, you learn about your the people that work with you. You can understand their background and where they come from. So trying to be um, trying to have a, a better more team buildings and um, maybe the commands can also start trying to figure out some of the Juneteenth celebrations. If not, maybe attend some of them so that they can understand. And that, that should be an encouragement as well because there's so many celebrations all over the world. Um, in Fort Worth, Opal's um, Juneteenth celebration lasts for like three weeks. So there's something going on all the time. So those are things that can be um, taught or learned as the supervisor and as the leaders, they can go out and 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 teach that to their employees. Over. Yeah, absolutely. We have many opportunities throughout the year, uh, leading up to to this and many of our significant holidays to remind people and bring appreciation to them and bring uh, command attention, uh, which is very important. Uh, for all the reasons that you described. So, you know, speaking related to educating and, and informing about, about this holiday, um, why do you think, and I'm gonna start with uh, Dr. Abraham and then go to Renee and, and Kevin Gollinghorst. Why do you think that a high percentage of people in the United States seem to be uninformed regarding the meaning of Juneteenth and what can we do about that? I think we've kind of answered that to some extent already, but um, you know, why do you think that it, it's taken all of this time for us to become more aware? I can tell you personally, um, I knew there was a Juneteenth. Uh, I, it would pop up on my calendar. I was vaguely aware of of what it was referring to. And in, I mean, I'm a history major, so, you know, I really, an American history major at that. Um, and so, you know, really I should have had more awareness of it. And so, you know, what would be, what do you think would be the explanation behind the lack of awareness in the United States? If you think there is lack of awareness. Well, 
I think it may be a perception uh, that Juneteenth is an African-American only holiday. And what I think we need to continue to stress is and promote is that Juneteenth represents the freedoms of Americans who happen to be of African, African descent, but still Americans. So uh, things we can do is to encourage our businesses, our schools, churches, et cetera, to consistently promote Juneteenth and to encourage participation in its observance and utilize all available, all available resources that we have, including uh, social media. Over. Yeah, great answer. Renee, what do you, what do you think? Ma'am, again, another question that I proposed to Dr. Lee and her answer is, it is our education system. Um, the people who write the books and things do not see it as it being important. They don't see it as relevant as it really is. No one should be in bondage. I fret about our prison system that has the that pipeline to the schools. I think I should uh, I think it should be eradicated and that comes down to education and how we address things. The truth should be taught. I have no idea what critical race is. I just know that there were people that held other people in bondage who didn't consider them human. How on earth can you write a constitution and say a slave is three-fifths of a person when he is a whole person? And these are the people who suppose to have real good sense. So I think we really aren't as savvy as we think we are. We really follow people who weren't as savvy as they should have been. When you go back and see the people who have, I'm sorry, who, who had, sorry, um, whole civilization and those civilizations are gone, we don't seem to understand that we can disappear just like they did. None of that seems to cross our mind. Over. Thank you, Renee. Colonel Gollinghorst. Yes, ma'am. Ma'am, I wanted to say thank you to Ms. Rowland again. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate getting to know her a little better and know, appreciate her words, but that should also defer to and share uh, the words from Ms. Opal Lee, too, that is an amazing example of referring to an elder and someone has experienced so much. And so that is really special. Um, Ma'am, to your question about why a high percentage of the U.S. are still uninformed regarding the meaning of Juneteenth, um, I'll, I'll start also with ask, looking at a question we had from uh, the chat. And someone asked, can you speak to how many years after the delivery of the order it took to spread to other states? And so, um, you know, I asked. You know, did my own research, asked my public affairs to help help me, and uh, we have a, a librarian that is very dedicated and, and helps to inform us not only on Juneteenth, but other events. And the team helped put together some background for me, and I compared it to my research. And so when we look, you know, where we're at today, it's going to take time uh, to help the, our, our nation, help our uh, citizens understand this, and help them to find out what it means to them. Uh, so I answered the question with, it was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation which had become official January 1st, 1863. And so, you know, information and, and the ability to communicate across uh, states was difficult back then. And so it's just, it, um, it's horrible that it took that long, uh, but thankfully the word did get there and uh, those slaves in Texas were able to uh, be free um, like others. And, and I'm thankful for those uh, freed black men and women they were able to fight for and, and help in that independence for um, uh, fellow, fellow men. So, ma'am, I'll just say, you know, we would like to flip the switch. We've got communication today that can move very quickly, but I think it's going to take time. Uh, but I'll go back to Renee's comment. It'll take uh, gestures, individual acts, questions um, uh, from leaders, from allies, um, you know, and, and it's okay to admit that you, you may not have a lot of background. So I think, you know, kind of step-by-step, step, we'll continue to, to learn and grow. And that's what we I think we want from our team here is to, uh, they're obviously, ma'am, still, almost 500 people uh, hanging in here, learning and listening. And so I'm encouraged by that, that they're gonna go out and, and I encourage you to share it with your family and friends and others, uh, what you learned today. 
And so, man, I think that's how we uh, how we get about uh, helping our nation. Yeah, great answers, everyone. And I think as we do with um, most of these in the Valley sessions, one of our final questions is about resources. Where can individuals, where can our audience go to do their own personal discovery and, and learning and education on this? And so this, this episode, I think, is uh, particularly suited to sharing resources. Uh, so, uh, you know, do um, the question is going to be about what resources would you suggest to others, whether it's books or videos, um, you know, where can people go to learn about it on their own? And I'm going to start with, with my, my uh, recommendation. Um, I picked up this book uh, about a month ago, knowing I was going to moderate this discussion, um, wanted to get smarter on it. Uh, it's titled On Juneteenth. Uh, it's about, it's by Annette Gordon-Reed. She is a law professor at New York Law School and history professor at Rutgers. And this book is a memoir focused on her experience with race segregation and integration in her home state of Texas and how her family celebrated Juneteenth, which she notes, and we now know, uh, we should all know on this, uh, in this webinar that it originated in Texas, the, the symbolic origin of Juneteenth. So to our panelists, what would you recommend our audience read or view on this topic? And Kevin Gollinghorse, I'm going to go to you first, switch it up a little bit. Uh, what can you share with the audience? Over. Ma'am, uh, thank you for your recommendation. Uh, I will share what our district is doing. We're using a book called Stamp uh, for a book club. Uh, they just kicked off a session on Monday on the 6th of June. I was unable to be there. It was my my anniversary. I was I was off that day. You know, we look at D Day, uh, where we have um, Black Americans fighting for freedoms for others. You know, and that's a, another tribute. Looking at our history, continuing to improve and continue to have uh, you know, my years of service in the military to serve along uh, people of color and its fellow brothers and sisters in arms. And so, uh, this book club is going to help uh, for those that are able to participate. Help. Uh, tackle a book and learn more through reading it and discussing it. And so um, I will be look forward to joining as I can and I encourage whether it be individually finding a book or sharing and, and using accountability of a group uh, would be a good way. So ma'am, I'll, I'll defer to uh, uh, a Netflix or a movie, you know, a documentary type uh, show that I watched. Um, I watched it years ago, but I wanted to share um, 12 Years a Slave. And it's a really sobering story, it's a true story of a freed black man from the, from the North that is brought down south as a slave for 10, 12 years. And so it's heartbreaking, and but it is part of our history. And it's probably not, not I know it's not an isolated case. And so whether it be through authors or those that produce uh, shows or, or movies, man, I think there's lots of ways that we can uh, open our eyes and, 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 and be um, empathetic to what uh, others have gone through and then how far we've come, but then also for us to to make improvements on our, our society, man. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Dr. Abraham, your thoughts on resources. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm a charter member of the National Museum of African American History in Washington, D.C., and they have a wealth of printed and video information on their website that pertains to Juneteenth. Also, on a local note, I, I want to encourage citizens of Mississippi uh, to, to visit the two Mississippi museums in Jackson because they have several displays uh, related uh, to Juneteenth. And I believe that there should be re reference material available regarding Juneteenth at any African American museum and as well as public libraries. And I like to encourage people to research uh, and to find out as much as they can about any subject matter. So museums and public libraries should be a great resource. Over. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. It's almost as though going to museums has become a lost art or something we don't do a whole lot of anymore. And I suspect that every state in, in the Valley uh, has a museum nearby where people could do exactly what you described at the museums in, in Jackson, Mississippi. So that's a, and the library as well. Um, another, another destination that's becoming uh, um, a habit of uh, bygone years. 
So, uh, Renee, your thoughts on resources. I just want to echo on the on the museum uh, first. Um, they are building a national uh, Juneteenth museum here in Fort Worth, actually on Miss Opal's land. So Miss Opal already has the land. They're just going to tear down what um, the buildings and things that there and create one. So in twenty, I think it should be done by twenty twenty four. Um, they'll have a national museum, a national Juneteenth museum. Um, Ms. Opal wrote a book for children called Juneteenth, um, a, store, a, a children's story special, um, a special which um, it, actually she has, but there is another book out called Opal Lee and what it means to be free, the, the true story of, grandma, of the grandmother Juneteenth. However, that was not written by Opal, um, so I'm not. I don't. I, I didn't read it, so I don't know what it's about. Um, Dr. Lee also suggests uh, a story. I mean, a book called Juneteenth: A Celebration of Freedom by Dr. Charles Taylor. So that is more for the adults than the children. Over. All right. Thank you, Renee. Uh, just a couple questions for. Uh, Kevin Abraham and, and Renee about the mechanics of this federal holiday. Should Juneteenth be considered a celebration or a remembrance? And is it okay to greet people with happy Juneteenth? And Kevin, we'll start with you. Ma'am, I would have to answer and say both. Uh, first, it's a celebration of people of African descent being freed from this inhumane institution of slavery. But it's also a time of remembrance where we remember our ancestors, uh, what they went through to pave the way for the freedoms and opportunities that we enjoy today. And to answer, is it okay to greet people with happy Juneteenth? I would say yes, because it is a happy day. It was a happy day for our ancestors uh, to be freed from human slavery. Over. Renee, what do you think? Again, Dr. Lee states that yes, it is a happy memory, and it can, it is it is is good to say happy uh, Juneteenth. She also thinks that the celebration takes on more than just the festival. When those people got free from free, and they were able to keep their children, they were not sold away from them. They were able to name themselves buy property, participate in legislation. They were able to be officers. They were, they were so, there was so much freedom given to them that they had never had before. So Juneteenth is, a, is about freedom. We need to celebrate it from the 19th of June to the 4th of July, because we, are, we were not free on the 4th of July, over. All right, thank you. One more question for both of you. Uh, can you describe the elements of a traditional Juneteenth celebration? I suspect that it looks different depending on the family, depending on the community, depending on the history, local history. Uh, but if you could just share what you're familiar with as far as elements of a traditional celebration. Uh, Ma'am, uh, for me, uh, Juneteenth uh, focuses on the whole life awareness for people. And some of the activities include honoring past and present African-American freedom fighters. Some of the traditional activities include, you know, picnics, parades. Uh, some of the educational activities include uh, poetry reading, literary reading. And one of my favorite is historical storytelling because storytelling was a major means of passing on information uh, throughout the years for African Americans. And some other activities may be um, musical con uh, concerts, uh, health fairs, and one that I'm I'm proud about is economic empowerment workshops, where you focus on uh, empowering people economically. 
over. All right, thank you. Renee? Well, this is a big, a big um, topic for Dr. Lee. We, um, Dr. Lee wants people to realize that Juneteenth is more than a festival. It is wonderful for people to get together. There was a time in a small park in Sycamore Park in Fort Worth where they had over 10,000 people for three days. Um, and they celebrated in the park. The Historical Society put on the Juneteenth Festival and took out um, exhibits to the park, but nobody paid attention to them. But now, um, we celebrate it off with a breakfast of prayer, not to be confused with the prayer breakfast where you eat a lot of food. They had the 19th annual breakfast of prayer recently, and she said it was off the chain, as the young people say. <laughs> then there's a flag raising that she has at City Hall. She's gonna walk the 2.5 miles to City Hall this year um, and then they'll raise the flag. She also has a Juneteenth pageant where they do it here, and then they'll go to the national um, Juneteenth pageant, which will be in uh, Galveston, Texas this year. They have what they we call a Whoopteenth basketball, where the guys play basketball. Um, they also have a festival, which this year will be in Panther Island, and that was kind of one of our projects. Um, there's also, um, she has Your Voice Unleashed concert where there's kids from all different nationalities get together, they learn songs from their culture, and then they um, do a concert for everyone. And then finally, she has Empowering You. That's really a job fair and a health fair together. Um, so these are just things that right now that's going on and she has a vision of so much more over. All right, hey, thank you for those answers. Um, and I guess, and as I suspected, it, it depends on, on where you are and you know what your local customs are. And it, it sounds like kind of the sky is the limit. I mean, it's whatever the local community wants to organize in the spirit of Juneteenth is absolutely appropriate. So appreciate all of your answers. Um, we are approaching the end of the hour, and so I'm gonna start to close. Uh, I'd like to first begin by thanking our panelists, Renee Rowland, Kevin Abraham, and Kevin Gollinghorse for taking time today to help educate us uh, on our newest federal holiday, Juneteenth. I took some notes on, on what, you all, what you covered, and um, just to, I guess, to kind of provide a summary as we wrap up some of the big things. Uh, one is educate our communities and our teens about the holiday, its history and what it means to many Americans and, and should mean to all Americans. But it's important, like all things, it's important what leaders do and what they prioritize. And so we all have a role in educating and promoting the significance of this holiday. If you don't know much about it, if the audience doesn't know much about it, uh, do some research, pick up one of the resources or watch the YouTube video or go to a museum or go to a library and just take a little time to, to learn about it. And it's a pretty inspirational story in our, in our history. Whether you celebrate it or not, just know that it is a significant day in American history and that it is important to many Americans. And so respect that, keep an open mind and, um, and just realize how important it is to many. I really like uh, what we've, um, couple of, of you have mentioned about individual actions, uh, you know, waiting on others to um, commemorate or designate or educate, uh, that will come at some point, but what each of us does every single day, our personal interactions, our personal behavior, our individual reaching out to others, being kind, having grace and patience and and being empathetic and, and, under, and understanding of others is so important. You know, that's just a rule of life. It's not just about Juneteenth and this particular webinar. It's, it's about everything that we do in the workplace and in our personal lives. 
So lastly, I think all of us would encourage our audience uh, to participate and reflect on that day. It is a federal holiday. Most of us will uh, technically uh, be off, but uh, it's not a day to um, uh, remain oblivious to the purpose of, of the day. So again, I wanna thank our three panelists. I, I really wanna thank uh, Renee for channeling Dr. Opal Lee to all of us. I mean, what a unique experience for us, a unique uh, relationship uh, that we were able to make this session more powerful because you were able to bring her words to us. Please thank her for all she has done for her service and for sharing with you those great stories and for dedicating her life uh, for a better society. I wanna also, I have to acknowledge uh, Dr. Abraham who had technical difficulties. Sir, you are in good company. Uh, when we did this, one of these sessions about a year ago, Pat Hemphill, the DPM of the Vicksburg district had a very similar experience as you and in the final 10 minutes had to rush around and find a different way uh, to be able to join us. Uh, both of you are resourceful and we're able to figure it out. Uh, you brought a lot to this, so I'm really glad we were able to make this work. I have been paying attention to the to the chat. I think we've answered uh, the couple of questions that are in here. Uh, in the chat also uh, is cites the resources that each of us mentioned. So if you are able to look at the chat, please please go there and. Um, if you have questions about the resources, you'll find them there. I want to highlight something uh, Mr. Richard Dudley said, because I think uh, it's very pertinent to what we've been talking about here. In his, in his remark is, diversity is our greatest strength. We must learn to respect each other and learn from each other culturally, our traditions and values. We are one human family. Um, I don't think I could summarize it any better than that. So thank you, sir, for that contribution. I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in. Uh, we're, we, we hovered around 500 most of the time as we come to the end of the hour. Uh, we're still pretty close to that. Uh, these forums are about our people and ensuring our people know that they are valued for their unique contributions and diverse backgrounds. As a reminder, I welcome your input on future topics. The topics thus far have really come about as a result of your suggestions, and that's what we'll, how we'll continue to select topics. So in closing, I hope you all ha uh, have a great rest of your day and a fulfilling and safe Juneteenth weekend. Thank you for all that you do in support of the people and resources of our region. As always, I am proud to be on your team. That is all for today. Signing off for Vicksburg, from Vicksburg. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Take care.